Hello and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in. share with you from John chapter 3 verse 16 you know I ministered from this a few weeks back I just really had it on my heart the Lord brought it again to me this morning I just want to minister to you from it for just a few minutes from the thought of are you ready the Bible says and you know it you probably all can quote it with me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life Let me pray for you for just a minute and ask the Lord to just open our heart. Father, thank you for this amazing moment together with these kids and in worship and all that's happening. Father, I just ask you to bless today. I pray that you would move by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would touch. I pray, Father, that you would open our ears to hear just for a few minutes these words right here. Are we ready for what you're about to do? We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at... John chapter 3, we know that it's the fulfillment of all of those prophecies from Isaiah, from Zechariah, actually all the way back in the book of Genesis of the prophecies of foretelling of the coming of Jesus. 350 plus prophecies of te- for the foretelling of the coming of Jesus. And then God gives the purpose behind Jesus coming. The whole purpose behind Jesus coming was that he loves you so much that he didn't want you to perish or myself. We got to take a quick look at what it means to perish because the truth is is that nobody in their, I believe in their right mind, would want to perish. But what is he saying when he says there's a possibility that people would perish? What does that whole idea of perishing people look like? What does that look like? And we live in a day and time whereby what that looked like in a previous generation doesn't look so much like that anymore. Because when people started talking about what eternal perishing looked like, we didn't like the idea of a place called hell. We didn't like the idea of a place of eternal torment. So we started eliminating it out of sermons and we stopped preaching about it. And we relegated the people that preached about it as fire and brimstone preachers as though that's a negative terminology. We don't like fire and brimstone preaching. And I understand you don't want to hear every week that you're going to hell because God's got great things in store for you. But the truth is is that if you omit the idea that we could eternally perish, you know what people get to thinking? That there's no consequences for decisions. People start thinking that all I've got to do is go to church and just be good and God's going to bless me and it's all great. But they don't know that you've got to be transformed by the blood and the cross and by what Jesus did by offering himself a sacrifice. And why he had to do it begs the question that, that we've got to answer. Why did Jesus not want us perishing? It's the reality that we all, like sheep, had gone astray, every one of us to our own way. We were perishing because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's another message people don't want to preach about anymore. Sin. Sin. What is a sin? 
because what used to be a sin doesn't seem to be a sin anymore. As culture moves along, we start shifting what we think or believe is sin rather than what God says is sin. I dropped something, didn't I? Rather than what God said is sin. And so we, we like to find out what is culturally acceptable and then that becomes our modus operandi. That's how we live and then we fight against what God says is the problem, which is sin. And God says, the soul that sins, Ezekiel says, it shall die. Death rests upon us. When you read the book of Ephesians, you'll find out that the Bible talks about we were once dead in trespasses and sins. Do you know that the Bible equates people that's walking in sin as dead people? Dead. And it equates those that have believed in Jesus Christ and received His blood as alive people. Now you have been, you've come to life. You've been raised to life. It's the whole idea that we have behind baptism. Y'all saw that we were going to have a baptism on New Year's Eve night. Man, you've got to come to that. It's going to be amazing. If you want to be baptized, please text the word. To, to the word baptized to 276 Three two five seven six six seven. In fact, you need to put that number in your in your phone. Church text number. And there's another one, ninety four thousand. We use both of those. Two seven six three two five seven six six seven. Because throughout the future, you'll be able to sign up for things and be a part of things. That word, that number is going to be important to you. But on this particular night, being baptized, baptism is death to life. We go down in the water to signify we were dead in trespasses and sin. But we've been made alive in Christ Jesus and he's raised us to something new. Something new that doesn't have perishing upon it. The word perish is the Greek word apollami which means to experience destruction, to ruin, or to destroy. To experience destruction, to ruin, or destroy. The whole reason for the Christmas season, friends, is God doesn't want any of us to be destroyed, to ruin, or, or, or to reap any of the, the destruction that comes as a result of sin. The whole idea behind Christmas is not the toys and the presents. The whole idea behind Christmas is alive people. People that are alive. God says, I don't want none of you to perish. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. As a boy not raised in church, as a boy, I never went to one, you know, one church service as a little boy. My mom and dad never took me to one church service in my entire life. Mom comes to church now, but, but when mom and dad was together, dad never got up one morning, mom never got up one Sunday morning and said, we're going to church. So I was a product of culture. And as a result of that, not understanding anything about God, and when I heard about Jesus Christ, that was the most incredible thing I've ever heard. First off, it brought a sense of woe to me. You know what a sense of woe is? That sense of, oh no. I, you mean, you mean, there's a place called hell and I have a reservation there because I've sinned? 
I don't know what it was about hearing the message of Jesus Christ. There was a part of me that resisted that. I don't know about you, but, but part of me resisted that. I hear the good news about Jesus Christ, and the preacher starts saying, if you want to get saved, you want to get born again, come give your life to Christ. And, and what that meant was to come up and pray and bow down and say, Lord, I, I want forgiveness of my sins. I mean, it's the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest reward humanity could ever receive. It's the greatest promise that you could ever have in your entire life. It offers the greatest amount of security of any future that I've ever heard. You can't, you can't put your future in the stock market. You can't put it on your job. You can't put it on just, just the climate that we live in. You're liable to get COVID tomorrow. I don't know. You can't put it anywhere, but you can put it in the Lord. And I resisted that. I heard a preacher preach about it one time and I thought, that's me. And you know what it was? White knuckling the pew in front of me. Y'all know what the white knuckling the pew in front of me was? Yeah, holding on for dear life. I don't know why. Come to the front and I'm sitting there holding on, man, and I can feel myself gripping. I'm not letting go of this pew right here. I'm not letting go, but man, my heart was beating out of my chest. I could feel the Spirit of God. I didn't know it was the Spirit of God at the time. I thought, what is happening to me? Am I having a panic attack right now? What is going on with me? I, I, you know, in this inner sense, of, I, I'm breathing. I'm almost hyperventilating, man. You know, I'm like... What is wrong with me? What is happening to me right now? And all it was was the love of God saying, Come boy, I want to show you what life is about. I want to show you what it looks like. I remember that. I remember it like it was yesterday. Nobody, you know, some people don't remember the day they got saved. I remember the day. It's still, a, it's still in my head. January the 17th, 1996 was a transformational Wednesday night for me because it was that day that I found out what this whole perishing and made alive and renewed and re these Christian terminologies regenerated, born again. I understood what that was. I understood what that was, man. I understood that, goodness gracious, God is real. Really, this stuff does happen. God transformed my life. All the songs that we sing, all the preaching that we do is for somebody to understand the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we've been really refining and defining our mission, vision, and values around here. And we just simply put, our mission is to preach the good news of Jesus to everyone everywhere. Friend, if you're here today, please, I beg you, please know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. In this series that I'm doing, Are You Ready? Part of this has to do with what God wants to do now, but a part of it's going to have to do with the days and times and hours with which we live in. Yes, it, it, it will turn into an end time message. And I'm not here to try to put fear in anybody's heart because this is not about fear. This is about the promise. The reason that one of these songs that the worship team did get earlier is that the better days are ahead of us because we know that the rule of Jesus Christ on this earth for a thousand years is about to happen really soon. Yeah, are you ready for that? Are you ready? Listen, are you ready for righteousness actually to reign? Huh? Are you? See, what we think is we go to heaven and live there. No, we go to heaven, but we come back here. Yes. We come back here. We rule and reign with him. Those that have been faithful over the few, you'll rule and reign with him. Yes. You ever wondered why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that you would judge angels? Did you ever understand any of that? I'd love to teach it to you. 
to understand that, that this is going to be made new. This present evil age is going to pass away. And then the age of the kingdom of God and for our eternity, you'll begin to see what God does. And here's what we, here's what we need to know about that. We keep looking for better days ahead in terms of culture, in terms of atmosphere. Do you know we live in the days of Matthew 24 where birth pains is up on the earth? We can't wait to get behind beyond COVID, but did you know that because we live in the last days, there's more and more coming? You start asking yourself, what variant is coming next? What variant is coming next? Friends, you live in the hour of the birth pains. You're the generation. Oh, we were starting to come. Well, there was smallpox years ago, and this will pass away too. Listen, there was smallpox because the contractions started long ago. But just like a woman about to give childbirth, those contractions get closer together and more intense. Closer together and more intense. Closer together and more intense. And now it's close together and more intense. Well, the, my, you know, the generation before me believed that Jesus was coming. And the generation before that. And the generation before that. And the generation before that. But no generation like you and me can say the fulfillment of until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled, that Gentiles would trample Jerusalem. The Six-Day War of 1967 opened a doorway where the Jews could walk in Jerusalem now. And the last little piece of property is 14 acres of the Temple Mount. The last little piece of property. And some legislation is coming now that the Jews can actually go on the Temple Mount. What does that mean? That last piece of property where they could not go is a fulfillment of, of Matthew 24. Did you know no generation from the time of Jesus could say that? The Romans destroyed. And then after that, the Ottoman Empire began to reign for 1,400 years. And then the, then, then the Brits took over. And then 1948, it, Israel became a nation, but Jerusalem could not be inhabited until 1967. And Jesus said, this generation will by no means pass away until this is fulfilled. I don't mean to scare you. I mean to tell you that the greatest days you've ever known is ahead if you don't perish. If you don't perish. But God said, I love you too much to let you perish. So I brought you to Covenant Fellowship Church today. I let you be in an atmosphere where my glory was. I let you be here where the gospel is preached. I let you be here where they, they, even the children sing about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The rest now is up to you. Will you? Receive Jesus as your Savior. Bow your head with me. I'm going to ask uh, Frida if she will come to, the, come to the keys, if that's all right. The joy to the world is the fact that there is a remedy, a solution to the whole perishing, the ruining, and the destruction. His name is Jesus. God fixed the problem. God fixed the whole issue by sending forth His Son who became sin. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Christ is about self salvation, not about presence and food and family, although that's a byproduct of being part of the family of God. Christmas is about salvation, friends. I can't imagine us, any one of us getting a Christmas gift and just leaving it under the tree and keep saying, look, I got a great gift. I got a great gift. But we never open it. 
Christmas time comes and goes, we take the tree down and there lays the gift. Never open it. We don't open it. It's sometimes how we've treated the gift of God in Christ Jesus is that we open the, the gifts from everyone else. Man, we can't see what, wait to see what my brother got me, my mom got me, my cousin got me, what my kids got me. It's exciting. You remember when you were a kid? Christmas time, man, you couldn't wait. Gosh, you couldn't wait to open and see what all the gifts were. You couldn't wait to go to the grandparents' house and see what they got you. You want to go to everybody's house to see who bought me a present. And man, I want to open it. I can't wait to open it. And yet God has a present for you, a gift. God so loved the world that he gave. He has a gift for you. I'll admit, I'll admit this, the package doesn't look that attractive. Let me just be honest with you, the package doesn't look that attractive. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I thought Jesus was great. He is. He is. But when you look at Jesus, you have to look at a bloody cross. When you look at Jesus, you have to look at forsaking all others and cleave to him. When you look at Jesus, you have to recognize that, wait, the package doesn't look that good. Take a quick story while your head is bowed. One year, I asked my parents for a 12-gauge shotgun. we were all opening presents on Christmas morning and I kept looking for the package that looked like it would contain a 12 gauge shotgun the first one had my brother Scott's name on it, it looked like it would contain a gun, it was put, up, put together really well, but it had his name on it, he opened it up and it was a BB gun, but in my mind I thought man that's the only thing that could look like a 12 gauge shotgun, except that other package but it had Billy's name on it and he got a BB gun all the packages were done and uh, open, and I didn't see my 12-gauge shotgun. And while I've always been a kid that if you got me anything, I was always appreciative of it. I never looked at my mom and dad thinking, man, you really let me down with this one. My dad was a coal miner. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. And there were, I remember many times when my dad, the, the union would strike right before Christmas and I remember there were times that we didn't have very much for Christmas my parents would try their best I don't want to lay that anything on their feet they would try their best and, and even if they sometimes borrowed money but I would just be honest with you there were times where you know you're thinking and I thought was this one of those times I couldn't get, get my gun I remember I remember. I think it was my mom might have been my dad to say what is that over behind the Christmas tree I looked behind the Christmas tree and the reason it didn't stick out to me was it was just an old, ratty-looking cardboard box. It didn't look pretty, but man, it had my shotgun in it. Boy, you talk about a happy young man. Might have been sad for the squirrels, but I was a happy young man. What's the point? point is sometimes we put the package in, behind the tree because we don't want to look at it or sometimes it maybe look like it's not in the best best box with the greatest of bows but I promise you the greatest gift you've ever had 
Jesus, I promise you. I'm not just making this up, man, and this is not my ploy to grow the church. This is me saying to you with an honest heart, you need Jesus Christ in your life. Right now, friend, if you're in this building and you're not where you need to be with God and you know it, if today you had to give an account for your life, if you stood before God, would you perish? Would you perish? If you can't answer that with a resounding no, I will not. Because Jesus Christ is my all in all. I'll celebrate with you, but if you couldn't answer that like that, if it's a well maybe, or if it's, man, I've been a good person, or I'm a good parent, or, you know, i got a good job, I'm a good provider, I make good money, friend, listen to me, listen to this preacher tell you the truth. That's not good enough. I'm going to tell you this, good people don't go to heaven, saved people go to heaven. I was so good. I did the best that I could. I was a single mom. I was a single dad. I did the best that I could. That's not my question. We don't get to heaven on our merits. We don't get to heaven on our merits. We get there by Jesus Christ and Him alone. So can I ask you one more time, if you were to have to give account for your life right now today, would you be one that perishes? ruined for eternity destroyed for eternity or would you be one that's welcomed into the family and the kingdom of God well I don't know I don't know if I have an invitation I don't know if I'd be welcomed friend there's the indication that you need Jesus Christ because with his blood applied to your life his sacrifice as the the, the, the offering that you have received the gift that you have received you know what God does with you he wipes away every one of your sins he cleanses you he cleanses you first john says if we confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin listen to this and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that means every sin that you or I have committed. If we just say, Lord, I've sinned and I've come short of the glory. I've come short of your perfection and I ask you to have mercy on me and forgive me. God says, there's how you open the present. And what I'm going to do with you right now is I'm going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and I'm going to make you a new creation. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man in Christ. He is a new creature, a new creation. All things pass away and behold all things become new. And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60, verse 1, we hope you arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.